Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, here we go. The Talent Tank from Lasertown. And today, right now, this moment in time, we have David Hartman, the 4874 driver sitting down with me getting in we're gonna get into his brain here for the next like 30 minutes and we'll see like what kind of clips we can get out of him david welcome thank you sir so what i know about you is grew up in illinois midwest boy but then you moved to florida and opened up a bunch of clubs a bunch of bars you like ran the bar scene in florida i did for a little while where was that was that it was in all was a fort lauderdale fort lauderdale sorry so just north of miami Yes, so sir. No, no South Beach. No, I don't like that place. <laughs> so your place, they were like they had to be fully clothed. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale is kind of like, kind of like a little bit Midwesty, normal or normal people come on vacation, leave on probation, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of place. But you hail out of Grand Junction, Colorado, today, though. I do. What What made you move from? You know, Illinois to Florida, the beaches to end up all the way up in the Mesa. A lot of it was racing, you know, when I was down South, I really wanted to be doing this and wife and I kind of made it work. We, we love the mountains. We love it out. Just Colorado in general, our lifestyle, we snowboard, mountain bike every season. We got some sport we enjoy and Colorado was just a place for us. Yeah. There's a lot to do there. There is. So right here today behind us, we've got your brand new 4874 Jimmy's car. Yes. Randy and company got it done in time? They did. Any issues? No, not really anything. It's honestly scary solid right now. So, um, no, we won't jinx it. I'll no, knock, knock no, on some wood no. there. But you had some contingency plans. Anytime you're going <laughs> to roll out with a new car. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was lucky enough to sell my old car to my co driver, Jake, and great guy. And uh, he said, I'm not even going to take the stickers off of it until after hammers in case you need it. So he brought it. Still ready for me to roll if we really need it, so I owe him a huge bit for that. So, so let me get this right. So you hedged. You completely hedged this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew the car would be done, but it was going to be tight time-wise, and I got it home and got about two or three hours on it, small prep, and put it on the trailer and came out here and been running it for two days, and got to say, she's bad. It it makes makes the old car feel like a slug. So Well, I, th- I think that's... Uh, a real story in the sense that you're really anything can go right anything can go wrong that you knew you're bringing out a new car i mean we've seen guys like lauren healy come out in the past with a new car and end up driving the backup car which would be the old car so i think i mean that's a that's a reality and it's cool to see like that you actually had a backup plan so many people don't end up having a backup plan and you see their name on the sheet then you see them scratched it was fortunate enough to go to i mean jay and i have raced together for about a year and a half now podiumed Every single race we've been in the car together on, so it's a it's a real team effort. He's a great friend and awesome co-driver. He's going to be fast on the East Coast with that car. I'm happy to see it go out there. I don't want to ever see it pass me. So, for well, <laughs> you, you you mentioned you mentioned team effort, and that said about team effort, you actually, if I understood right, Jay is running all of, you know representing all of your sponsors for this week as well. Yes, we had some crossover people. When he purchased a car, um, 
Yokohama Ultra, um, Titan. A lot of the names that were on that car actually passed over to him to get a little bit of support. That's pretty cool. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's how you wouldn't do that for anybody. You just wouldn't do that for anybody. (laughs) But I think maybe that's you know an alternative when you're trying to sell cars today. That you know to to new guys coming into the sport. You know, we're not all Shannon Campbells or and. To me, like, I kind of thought with that, after doing it to him, I'm like, man, that's not a bad idea when you're letting something go to, like, reach out to your sponsors and just say, hey, I'm selling my car. What can you do for the next guy? And add it into the value of it because there's definitely a value behind having connections already on it, not having to go through and buy everything new that's already working. So so we talked about, we're talking about value. Mm-hmm. I threw out Hedge earlier. Uh-oh. Your business, you... You know, I've been asked, hey, who's this new guy? You've been in Ultra 4 for about two years. Yep. And I have a funny story about that. When you brought out your, your car last time, your, when it was new, when it was brand new, you went to go uh, tune with King. You are tuning with Aribe. And I was tuning with my pre-runner at the same time. And I actually passed you. <laughs> my crew cab passed you. And I was like, what am I doing passing this guy in this uh, this Ultra 4 car, this, this beautiful Jimmy's yeah. car? And then come to find out that it was as you parked i was parking mike seward gets yeah. out he's a texas guy that you know, had moved out to cortez to go work for randy yeah. and company that jimmy's four by four he gets out and i just we both just lost it laughing oh, you know like yeah. <laughs> you know hugs and kisses and all that you know was patting each other's asses like man good to see you like i hadn't yeah. seen him yet that weekend Mike was the OG co-driver i got to give him a ton of credit because uh the first time i drove that car was here on the lake bed right before i'm running hammers, a race I'd never pre-run, never been here. I never set foot in Johnson Valley. And it's the first time I drove the Ultra 4 car was that race. And I got about 20 minutes of seat time. We lost a transmission seal or the trans, and then we lost uh, a main seal. We had a little bit too much oil in it. It was one of those. Overfilled. Yep. And then uh, we got all that fixed and went out and did pretty good. So, but yeah, Mike, Mike had the courage to get in a car with a guy who had zero experience and co-drive hammers with me. So he, uh, that's, ins- That's he's the OG a- co-driver number one for me. But he's insane. <laughs> I mean, and he came from co-driving for a guy named Carl Langerhands, and yep. if he could co-drive for Carl, he could yep. co-drive for anybody. I got put in that little circle that year with those guys. Awesome people. Oh, aren't yeah. they? Carl Carey, that whole group's great people. Salt of the earth. Yes, sir. What made you gravitate to Ultra 4 Racing? How did you get in? Well, when I was younger, I raced motocross, and uh, you know the toll that takes on you. And then I was looking at desert stuff, class 10, you know, just it was going to take a lot of resources to really go that direction. And then I looked at this and called Randy and was talking to him about actually a trail car. And then my trail car turned into a podium and then my podium turned into a podium R. Then it turned into a, you know, about $40,000 later, we had the old gray car and that car was just phenomenal. It finished every race he ran except that first KOH. So she's been an awesome car. And I mean, you've had some, you have had quite a few podiums. Yep. And you finished very well in the national points two years ago, your rookie season yeah. two years ago. Where'd you finish? I was second on the West Coast, fourth in the nation my rookie year. And then same for last, last year, year too. with a lot of, a lot harder races, though, going down, you know, Mexico, Ridgecrest, all that. And I podiumed every single regional race last year. Oh, that's that was, a, that's that an outstanding feeling. number. Yeah, yeah. Like we were super proud of that. So you've really set the bar high for yourself this year. <laughs> Scary. Yep. I have I have full faith in you. We jumped off a topic there for a second. I I talked about the the value in hedging and 
people always ask me about, hey, what does this guy do? And I, yeah. I went, I took that and said immediately, what made you get into this? So I kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, <laughs> went went off track myself. But what do, what do you do? Where what does David Hartman do? to allow you to come out here as much as you do about your, hey, I know you're married. I know you have, you know, kids that allow you to walk away and spend all that time on the road and all that time prepping. Well, for work, like, uh, it started off, I so, when I got out of those bars, I started working for a hedge fund as their head of acquisitions. So I was buying houses all over, all over the state of Florida, Georgia with them and kind of led me to developing my own business model. And whenever they had spent their billion bucks. I uh, started my own little private equity fund with all the connections I had, just buying houses the same way I was and then selling them to other investors. So it's just like a small private equity fund. I flip about 60 houses a year in Atlanta. Um, And so you're still doing that currently? Yes, I am. I got an awesome business partner there who's been with me for probably 10 years and I'm more the money financial end of it. I call myself kind of a venture capitalist now. I like I'll invest in other people's small businesses, things like that. So I saw, based on that, I did see something recently that you and another very well-known Ultra 4 racer, Nick Nelson, have partnered up on a business. Yeah, we were uh, starting a construction company kind of in uh, in St. George, Utah. Going to be doing some building there. A lot of excavation work right now because it's just, it's where the the money is. Um, Doing that, pools in the Vegas area, but yep. Just that's cool to see Nick digging holes. Yep. Nick is such a hard worker. Oh man, he's awesome. He's one of my best friends, and like I mean, I I don't go into business with anybody, but guys like that, you can you can put your money behind and everything else. They're just great people. I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Yep. Is he racing the T one race on Thursday? Yes, he he'll be here. He's actually pitting in my pit. He'll be here Monday uh, morning with the TT. I was just down at the shop on the way here, and she's me, and she's ready to go. He's chomping at the bits to come out and get after it so yeah he just came back in from doing that uh that event in saudi arabia with a with that truck and oh man they were killing it out there he's a phenomenal driver i think he's gotta get parts that can live up to him right (laughs) (laughs) you 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 said it no i mean nick is always somebody to watch but i mean you yourself though i don't want to take the light away from you you know shining the light on david hartman here two years you've been killing it Second in the second nationals, uh, fourth in the nation, two years in a row, king of the hammers right now. You guys finished very well last year. Yep. And I think you're looking to back that up. To me, the bragging rights is the West Coast now. You know, we're racing 200 mile races with 30 other guys. It's not East Coast racing, you know, 50 miles in the woods with about four other cars. In mud. And yeah, I don't mind mud, but. I like racing a bunch of people, and that's why I, I just gravitate towards the West Coast stuff. I like the longer endurance-style races and having a lot of guys out there. Do you think that that is you know, a, an issue with the future of Ultra 4 in the series? You know, I mean, I yeah, I mean, yeah. in a sense, but I like Casey. He's an East Coast guy. He's one of the best drivers there is. I can't fault him for racing where he lives. You know, we're talking we, about we, Casey Gilbert. Yeah, Casey. We have we've had that phone call once or twice. And man, I just feel bad. I'm like, hey, man, it's where you live. You know, if I lived on the East Coast, I'd be doing the same thing. So, it's not feasible for everybody to go all the way across the country to race 4800. So I get it. No, yeah, yeah. I drove out here from Houston, and I mean, when you leave on one calendar day and you arrive three calendar days later, yep. I mean, it's I, I left. Yeah, I leave Thursday evening, and I rolled in here this morning. So that's 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was on the road. I mean, it was total. It was only 26 hours or so, but it was just ridiculous. That's part of where we got lucky with where we live, too, because every race is between 11 and 14 hours. That's um, a good That's a good yeah. sweet spot. Yep. I mean, you're under 1,000 miles. Yep. So tell me about Jimmy's 4x4. How awesome has it been to be taken in and under the the <laughs> arm, under the wing of, of, the, of the Jimmy's Army? Man, Randy's been phenomenal. You know, from day one, I remember sitting down at his desk, and he, he reminds me of this every five minutes, but he's like, we sit down, he's like, I just believe in you. And this is the first time I really met him. It's like, you're going to do good. You just got the right, you got the right personality. You remind me of somebody. And he just kind of left it at that, and now he likes to bring that up quite a bit that we found success. But yeah. all in all, he's just uh, always been there for me, and he's a big part of why I'm successful. No, that's from the outside looking in. That's what it has really appeared. Not that you wouldn't stand on your own, but it's really cool when you can go in with a plan and then have such an immediate support network. It's, you know, I don't know. I, I say this about kids like going into college. Like yeah. when you go into college, joining the, the, the fraternity system is you end up with a hundred ready-made friends on day one. Yeah. That, that, that social circle and what that does for your studying and setting the pace for what you're going to do those years of college, you just get jump started right off the bat. And so when you go into like a program like Jimmy's and you grab a car from him. You know, I'd say a lot of that relationship just comes down to like, I walk into the shop and I treat those guys just like anybody else. You know, there's no, I'm a racer. It's just, we're all buddies. Get along with everybody. Try and take care of them. Kate and I have come really close to, so it's fun having a little brother kind of figure being, I'm the oldest of three boys, so take out a little lack of having my brothers around on him for sure, oh, and K-Rod. vice versa. We uh we banter a lot. I love it. That's my buddy. <laughs> and there's one thing that you do, David, that I followed you on social media that actually I'm really floored by. I'm really curious about, <laughs> and you kind of probably know where I'm going with this because I asked you about about the first thing I asked you about when I saw you today. So you built one of those little aluminum boats that. I say the little aluminum. It sounds like a toy, but it's like a it's like a two person jet ski that you sit down the hole and it's jet ski powered, though, right? It is the rock crawler of the water. <laughs> so it's yeah. slow. It's not slow. No, it's uh actually it's just a twelve foot uh, jet stream boats makes them out of Canada. We had four of them imported. One for Cody here at Lasernut, Nick Nelson, uh, myself, and another racer, Mike London. Uh, we all we all got them and. Uh, got a 260 horsepower uh 1800 cc supercharged sea motor in about a 700 pound hull that has quarter inch aluminum belly and three eighths uhmw under that so you call it a, like a rock coffee no it's it's a razor it's a side-by-side for the water yeah oh man but it's meant to like hit boulders jump off of things we got a section called in glenwood canyon colorado we're gonna run that's got like some about eight foot waterfalls and things like that and they'll go up that would be cool to run down the colorado river from your place and go can you get to moab from you i can i can actually leave my back door and be in moab in one hour by that boat faster than i can drive holy smokes yep so how close to a bar in moab could you like could you truly go bar hopping from your house down to moab and back absolutely Oh, man. <laughs> Depends on the time of year and the current coming home. We might have to have a trailer there, but we could probably make it happen. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, if you did it in the late spring, you'd have the, the, the melt. I'm looking forward to the melt. It's going to be fun. So you could go yeah. downstream fast, though. Yeah, they'll go about 65, 
and 65 downstream. I mean, in one of those little boats, it feels like you're doing 150. So oh. new project. We're really looking forward to getting out and film. Actually, some of the sponsors are going to do a film with us this spring um, when they're down for Easter Safari. So we got some sneaky little things in the work that are going to be some good film. So you really do have a bunch adding up here for 2020. Yeah. Lots of small, fun projects, lifestyle uh, stuff, you know. Uh, we'll be following you. All right. All right. Hey, what's your Instagram on there? Um, David Hartman 4874, and it's uh, Hartman Racing Inc. or David Hartman on Facebook. All right. So we've briefly bumped up on this new car, this 4874 car, David. Talk me through some of the major improvements this car has over that car that you sold to Jay. All right. I'd say the the biggest the biggest change it has leading arm, so it's got leading arm, trailing arm, and it has a gob of front travel. It's all it has almost five inches more front travel than the old car, and it's all up travel. I think for any solid axle car, it probably has the most up travel out of any solid axle car I've ever seen. Well, in looking at it, if you guys see it in the background, all that gap over the top of the front tires, over the top of that front axle. It looks like it can kill some stuff, like really, it, really eat some stuff up. It is a whoop slayer. And like, then I know the engine looks a lot lower and a lot further back from it is. other Jimmy's cars yeah. I've seen in the past. Yeah, it's about two inches lower, four inches back. And one of the big changes on this one is we went, instead of running, like I was running a Hero case before, we went to a Magnum Box and an SCS. So Oh, so it's a single speed case? It's Yeah, we got high and low. It's all-time four-wheel drive. The fuel tank also is a complete custom tank that drops to the, the majority of the fuel almost down to the belly pan all the weight all the weight is lower it's about three inches shorter four inches wider so what's your wheelbase now uh, i was 118 i'm 115 in this car and it was 86 wide and this one's sitting about 90 so yeah you'll be a little bit more stable and you yeah. should be able to climb better yeah, it, it's definitely, it feels real good in the rocks. We got on, played a little bit of Chocolate Thunder and uh, just during the qualifying, and I was really surprised. The big difference in that SCS is just um, there's a lot less parasitic loss. You can tell you're getting a lot more power to the ground than you I was before in the old car. Same motor, didn't really make any changes there. Just some small stuff, cams, whatnot. I'm not familiar with what the gear cut is in the SCS boxes. They're it, straight. They're straight cut. Yep. So that's what I was thinking. And it's a quick change ratio. If you're going to run short course, you can just pop the back off the case, change two gears, and it's like re-gearing your car. And here's the thing that I really, I really like digging in on. And it was one of my you know first questions of you, like who preps your car? I prep my car alone. It's just one of those. That's my peaceful time. I spend a good week in the garage alone, wrenching on it touching every last thing, marking every last thing. And that's just been what works for me and found a pretty methodical system for it that I just rinse and repeat every race. I think that's a, a trend that you see, guys, you know, we, your your record in two years speaks for itself. But I think the guys out there that are able to yeah. spend the time with their car the, that way when there is problems, they're the Johnny on the spot with a triage. Yeah, I mean, I just like being able to, like, I'm just anal about sounds, anything like that. Like, I like to know, oh, I have a Heim that's getting close to being there because I know that squeak or the noise of a, a shock bolt that's not tight because you just, you know. If everything's rattling and clanking, it's like you're you're never going to know what problems are coming. So Wait, that's not I, normal? Well, yeah, no, not on my car. When I do it myself, it's just kind of, I, awesome. I'm methodical about it, and I when the car leaves, it doesn't make any noises and 
I know what's coming usually. I have no idea what that sounds like. Yeah. I think even when they're like completely done, perfect, brand new, they still make just obnoxious noise. I mean, just, well, I mean, this car doesn't have necessarily the clickers that yeah. you would hear in the bypasses, but so you have these internal bypass shocks and I asked you kind of pre-interview like, hey, how hard was this car to tune? Yeah, well, that's a good thing about having, Cade was the guinea pig on this car. He had his, <laughs> had his first and uh, we went down to Vegas for a few days, tuned with the Nelson and Got the car working really good. Um, I knew I was. This is Cade's car. This isn't your car. Yeah, it's Cade's car. But we were all down there working together, and we share notes and all that. We run all the same things and same shim adjustments. And two minds are better than one. I like this. This made me faster. And we kind of just bounce our ideas off of each other and take it back to the tuning sessions. And works out good. But luckily, I just got to take his notes and move it over to my car and came out here. And it's just it's a winning on combination. Point. It's on point. Yep. Oh, I mean, just the the savings right there and just time and effort yeah. and going back and forth to already have worked out the bugs on one we've already decided we have to trade off who's shocked him because it is hard on the cars so next i'm the next one i got to go out with mine and then he'll get my notes so and, and fix it all right yep. well so there is, there is some some give and some take oh, some yeah, yin and some absolutely. yang uh, i just figured it was going to be just all take like kade no. you're the guinea pig no, <laughs> got to keep it fair. Oh, man. Well, he's a, he's a formidable competitor, too. You know, it's... He's a threat. He's good. Kid can drive. He's got a long career ahead of him. I'm really looking forward to being around and just being part of his team for a long time. Don't let him pass you. That's the key. No. You got to let Cade pass you. He, hate, he hates running from people. But if he knows you're there... So he... Well, I, I don't want to talk about Cade. Let's talk about, are you... A better hare or a better hound? I love to chase. You like, do love to chase. Yep. Everybody loves to chase. Yep, that's my thing. I don't know why, but curse for me is setting the pole. I'd like. I'd rather be second, third, top six. Pick a couple people off and just sit there and wait. I pick when I, you know, my whole thing. It's just been. I'll turn. I turn it on when I need to, and I try and conserve the car as best as I can. And I know when I get down to you know the last quarter of the race, that's when you go. You got to turn it way. up. Yeah. We had kind of one of those at Ridgecrest with Bailey Cole where I'd gotten by him and I knew he was chasing me down. And I just said, all right, you're here. Let him go and just follow him to the finish and got the win. Because you were still on corrected time. Yep. Beat him on time. But it was, we, there's a lot of that in 48. You just can't, you can't beat the cars to death. They just. Well, last year in up. this race, did, was that last year that Casey ran away with this by like 30 minutes? Yeah, I believe so. We had a mess up in Cougar Buttes. We were going through there and fell in a hole, and it was like an hour and 15-minute recovery, and we were way back in the pack and I think came back to six, so had a hell of a run back. Yeah, I think I even turned off that race when I saw Casey was out in front by yeah. – he had like a 38-minute lead, and then yeah. Level was behind him by miles. Both great drivers. Hat goes off to Casey. He's, he's awesome out here. He's, you know, he's been around for a long time. It's really cool to see the level of competition in 4,800. Yeah. It really is. Everybody's really friends. If you're up there and you're one of the fastest guys, we, we all talk on the phone. We're all buddies. It's it's a good feel. Well, class. I think that's this racing community. I Absolutely. Mean, I, certainly, I, I hadn't heard it put this way, but it was Jason Shearer putting it in the sense that the guy that really set this standard and set the bar for it was Shannon Campbell a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of been this patriarch for the sport. Uh, it Just that... F- free flowing of information and i yep. hey i'll share whatever it's an open book my junk's an open book it's free flowing information because yep. i still think i'm a better driver than you i'm gonna be and that's contagious the same way like i want to beat somebody at their absolute best 
you know, I don't want to be in the pits or out there in some way I could have done something to help you. So, and I think that is the other thing that's cool about ultra four is like, I'll, I'll give you the shirt off my back yep. just so I can beat you on course. Yep. Oh, I love it. Well, man, thank you so much, David, for stepping out here for a little short interview, a appreciate little it. short uh, stint. Uh, I really appreciate you supporting the talent tank like you have. And when I reached out to you about this, that you were like game on. I really wish you the best of luck on Thursday in the EMC race and your new 4800 car. I think you're doing a good job of representing you know, your, your sponsors, your partners with MBRP, DeKine, yep. and Yokohama. I mean, I know you have a bunch, but those, I know those guys make it the difference in you being able to race versus not race and be on the sideline, man. Yes, sir. Thank you again for coming out. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into the Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at the Talent Tank or our website, thetalenttank.com.